0: PC perspective podcast this is episode 560 being recorded wednesday october 9th 2019 i'm jim tannis
1: i'm jeremy hallstrom i'm
0: sebastian peak and we're glad you could join us uh, for those uh on the video version i i have no video uh because i'm just a mess and we, we, we don't need to share that so i'll spare you all and i'll show you instead this picture of me from ten years and at least fifty pounds ago, <laughs> and we'll just enjoy that. And uh, also, you'll notice uh, Josh is not with us. Uh, he is at Arm TechCon. Is that the correct uh, reference? I to don't that?
2: know. If, yeah, that's with the hashtag on everything that he's been tweeting yeah. out. But I know yeah. it's TechCon and Arm's doing it.
0: Yeah, it's an Arm-based conference uh, in Los Angeles, I think, uh, or some, well, somewhere in California, I believe.
1: Why did I think uh, he was in London? Maybe that was it, last year. He went to is. London. it's Qualcomm
0: okay well welcome
1: ships some overseas I see well
0: he's uh he's enjoying a, a, a few days with the folks from arm and learning about some great stuff there that he'll be able to tell us about uh, hopefully soon uh, but uh let's get into today's show do I hear said
2: that- you you do um, I'm gonna t- text uh, my wife to let her know that my son is jumping up and down and screaming <laughs> at probably a YouTube video. I he was watching tell. YouTube videos of hamsters going through like Lego mazes when I came down here. That would be my response as well. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. I just I, I wasn't sure if it was like dogs barking or shouting. I just uh, something joyous. Occurring.
2: No, he, it's he's joyous. Yeah. yeah. I just uh, I asked her to do something about it. So <laughs> yeah. let's move on. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well. Uh, We're glad you could join us. We record uh, live, usually Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. That works out to uh, 2 a.m. UTC Thursday mornings. And uh, you can join us at pcpro.com slash live. And if you want to know when we go live, you can head over to pcpro.com slash subscribe uh, to be uh, notified. Uh, you know, about an hour or so before our live events. We don't use it for anything else. Just to, to give you a heads up, when I remember, of course, as mere PPC and our Discord chat would, <clears throat> would scold me about, I sometimes forget, but I remember today. So so that's great. Uh, one more bit of housekeeping I wanted to bring up uh, just at the, the top here. Uh, as you may know, we we do our podcast. We distribute it uh, via video on YouTube. And via audio uh, through, uh, you know, MP3 uh, RSS feeds, so you can subscribe to it in your your podcast app. But we also have an RSS video feed, and we've had that for a couple years now. But I was looking at the statistics for it. About half of one percent of our total audience actually uses that. But because it's video and they're large files, it's several hundred dollars a month to host. So my question to you all is. For those using it, are you actually using it and relying on it? Because I know sometimes you can subscribe to a podcast and kind of forget about it, and it just kind of auto-downloads every week. Because uh, if, if you're if you're finding use in it and it's important to you, you know it's worth keeping. Uh, but if, if it's really not being used by you guys and you can instead get the video over at YouTube, um, it might be worth something. Uh, looking at something we can we can trim uh, to keep uh, costs manageable. Because uh, as we said, this is not a very profitable operation, so we're. We're trying to uh, keep things uh, in line here. So please uh, send us a, a tweet or maybe I'll, I might get a, try to get like a straw poll up or something. I probably should have done that ahead of time, but uh, give us some feedback in the comments or an email or whatever. Let us know if, if you find that RSS video feed particularly useful and, and uh, just so we know what you're using. But let's jump into the news this week. Uh, uh, as we started, I think it was last show. We're, we're kind of switching the order. Uh, normally, like historically, we did reviews first. But as Sebastian pointed out, sometimes it's probably better to just do news first. Now, of course, if there's a huge review, we'll start off with that. But for most weeks, we'll we'll do news first. And so we'll we'll jump into the news this week. This is sort of an extension of what we talked about last week, and that of course yes. is Intel's uh, product launch of their their. Both their high end desktop parts, which leaked last week, and now also their works, their Xeon W or workstation parts, based on the same platform, uh, but with some different uh, capabilities, some different pricing, and also uh, Intel had some additional pricing news as well. So tell us uh, what did Intel officially announce earlier this week?
2: Well, you know, like as you alluded to, and we talked about this last week, they talked about the new core X series because it had already leaked. So they made this decision. Of course we were briefed. All the media was briefed on all of these products together. And then because the core X series had already kind of been public at that point, they said, you know what, these two slides, you can talk about these, you can't talk about the new Xeons. So we knew about that. And and, uh, last week we kind of went through this, this four new SKUs, it's high-end desktop and while we could talk about the performance numbers, we could talk about PCIe lanes or the clock speeds that they're targeting here or the new memory speed, which has gone up each generation. Now we're up to DDR4 2933 is the standard. The big story, of course, is pricing because these are about half the price of high-end desktop last time around. We're still on the same architecture at Skylake X, but uh, instead of... 1899, 99. uh If you go on Amazon right now and try to buy the ninety nine, is it the ninety nine eighty XE? I think is the current product yeah. name for a eighteen core thirty six thread monster. It's almost two grand, and the pricing here and that we don't know retail pricing. This is uh, it's U.S. dollar one k. This is like one k tray price. So if you were to order a thousand units, nine hundred and seventy nine dollars. So somewhere around a thousand bucks. And the initial price of that previous Extreme Edition, I think, was over two thousand when it launched. The actual suggested pricing on it. So we're talking a a cut by fifty percent across the board, with processors starting at five ninety for a ten core twenty or ten core twenty thread part. Which I don't know. I feel like this instantly changes the conversation about coming up with a like a workstation for the creative or. Just the enthusiasts, which is what they're they're aiming at. Like they're marketing X series now at like enthusiasts and creators. And they're marketing the new W twenty two hundred series to the the professionals and the workstation environment. But uh that is obviously a different product segment. It's a different price segment. There are features you get, of course, with Xeon. There's nothing new as far as the what you get from a Xeon versus what they will kind of allow from the consumer parts. ECC memory is one of them. Uh, the rest of it, like memory support, is significantly greater. You get four times the memory capacity if you're on a Xeon W workstation. So if if you're content with 256 gigs, you can actually go with the uh, Core X series if you don't need ECC memory. Uh, the the memory standard is still is the same with the the W W2- twenty two hundred series. Uh, still quad channel twenty nine thirty three. Pricing starts at 294 That's for the W2223, which is a four core, eight thread part. And of course, I've already seen some comments about what four cores in 2019 for $294. But, you know, it's a different market. And uh, we don't really cover the server side of things. Uh, serve the home is the, the outlet that we typically reference when we're talking about server stuff. And they've gone up and down testing like, the different levels of Xeons and what really they usually recommend stepping up to a, a higher skew even if it costs a little bit more at the outset. But these processors go all the way up to thirteen hundred and thirty three dollars. That's for the Xeon W twenty nine or twenty two ninety-five, I should say, which has a single core turbo of actually four point six gigahertz, which is a turbo max of four point eight. I don't think they've ever gone this high. Am I wrong? Has there ever been a Xeon with even a single core turbo of approaching five gigahertz before?
0: No, they were pretty proud about that. That was one of their their key points about this was, you know, hitting 4.8 as a, as a, and again, these are your, your single core max, very momentary turbos, uh, but, you know, again, that's how they, all these parts are are judged on their, their turbo, but. Uh, that was that was their big their big leap, and I and I believe they distinguished uh, the way they dis- that Intel when they were briefing us distinguished these parts was, if you you know if you want frequency, you're you're an enthusiast, or an overclocker, or the workload you need is is more dependent on frequency, you go with the X series, and if your your workload is based on stability or you know, you need the ECC support and that you go or, or the additional RAM capacity, you go with with Xeon W. Of course, many others would say, well, if you, you need either of those things, you go with Epic or Ryzen. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, they, they've made a case here and they've, they've killed it on pricing in terms of, of, I mean, think about what the heck were their margins if they can afford to do this. Um, and again, maybe they, they afford, can't afford not to. Yeah. Maybe they can't afford not, exactly. They can't afford not to. So who knows, you know, they're, maybe they're taking, a, they're making no money or they're taking a loss just to maintain market share. But, uh, Man, the the margins on those previous parts the, the 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 highest priced part in this generation of X series is cheaper than the lowest price on Skylake refresh the the nine thousand series and that's just that's just insane.
1: But, even
0: but even looking spend,
2: at the Z on go ahead
1: sorry I was going to say when you spend years and years competing against yourself mm. uh, there was nobody else on the server market except them so they had to well, we've got to get you to buy the new round. Um, we'll know it's super expensive and awesome, and you're going to love it. And it was better as well, I not to be completely facetious, but they, they just picked the price that they could sell it at because you, where else are you going to go?
0: Yeah, and and I think we see that too. And, and they, they shared some uh, performance uh, numbers here. We, had, we don't have these yet for testing, uh, but they they talked about uh, as uh, as sebastian noted in the article comparing both previous gen as well as 3 year old uh, and this is something i saw and i don't know if this is if they've been doing this for a long time because again I've, i'm i'm relatively new to covering this stuff but uh, when they had cascade lake for server launch earlier this year they talked about a 5 year upgrade cycle so they they're because there's been relatively little Progress again, still on Skylake X, still on 14 nanometer plus 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 plus. Uh, they, right. They've got to talk about these these longer term upgrades. But, you know, they're, and they're not wrong. I mean, people aren't upgrading their servers or their desktops every year, so it's good to have this data. But it really shows, you know, how relatively small, you know, in, in, in increments in performance we're getting uh, generation to generation since Intel's been stuck on this process node. But uh, looking here at 4K video editing for ZNW, 11% faster uh, gen over gen, 97% faster looking at three years ago. Uh, architecture actual, Architectural rendering is again 10% gen over gen, 2X over three years ago, and game development uh, pretty much the same, 10% over last year and 2.1 over three years ago. So yeah, I mean, good to see pricing, good to see price com- uh, competitiveness, and uh, about time, because <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, for us in particular, it's it's P- PCIe lanes. It's not the cores. It's not the the memory even so much. It's it's just the lanes. Intel's you know mainstream desktop and and AMDs to be fair are are pretty much starved for PCIe PCIe, especially with new you know NVMe storage using up those lanes. And so you put a graphics card in there. Let's say you want to put a ten gig NIC in there. You got a couple. Uh, m.2 drives and now you know suddenly you're 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 having yeah. to jostle things around you got to make sure you don't plug a SATA drive in where you've got that third PCIe slot filled and vice versa so going up to these 72 lanes um and and having that option at, at a che- at a cheaper price at less of a leap from the 9900k to now your HEDT, HEDT parts is uh is good it's a good improvement but uh there was also some news about pricing uh for some other parts some minor changes in pricing right Sebastian
2: Some of the percentages are actually bigger than I thought at first I haven't compiled everything I know some of the outlets actually went ahead and made I think Tom's had a chart where they looked at the original manufacturer suggested pricing versus what the like the new uh, RCP pricing is for this Ninth gen, we're talking about the F processors, the, the processors without graphics. And one of my favorite processors to point to if somebody is talking to me about a build. Uh, right now, if you think about it, Ryzen, and we, there's a, we'll there's we talk about a new Ryzen product later, but Ryzen currently starts at the 3600 which is $200. So if you're looking at a pure gaming system, you don't need integrated graphics. That 9400F, which has been selling for anywhere between 130 and Mm -hmm. 140, is such a good buy because you're getting, you know, around four gigahertz boost clocks. It's six cores. You don't really need hyper threading for most gaming. It doesn't make much of a difference. So that's a tremendous bargain. That actually had an original RCP price of 182, I believe, and on this chart now that's down to 157. Those prices start at $97 for the 9100F. That's a drop. All of these are a drop of a fairly significant amount, all the way up to the 9900KF at the top, which is going to have a 1K price of $463. So uh, I would love to see in like three months of where these are actually sitting as far as like Amazon, Newegg, retail pricing for one CPU. But it looks like just from that one ninety four hundred f that I'm very familiar with, they've lowered the price by about $25. So I would, if that trickles down into the retail channels, we'll see these processors selling for like $119, uh, potentially, which would be very, it'll be very interesting to see what AMD does, or if maybe they were anticipating AMD coming out with like a 3,500. And we've seen all these leaks and Jeremy did write up news, which I'm sure we'll be talking about shortly, about processors going into the OEM channel. But for Intel right now, they actually have a little bit of a better deal if you're if you're on a very strict budget. Unless you go with Ryzen second gen, you can actually build yourself quite a good system. Like I'm looking at the 9700F and the 9700K is the CPU I build our current GPU test bench with. Eight cores, not hyper threaded, good clock speeds. And that now has a list of 298 we had been seeing that processor selling for about 329 for the K version F obviously a little bit lower in skew 65 watt TDP, but you know, still an interesting prospect to look at how they have gone back to their current ninth gen offerings and said, we're just going to cut prices across the board, which we kind of, I think we've talked about this. We've kind of expected them to, to give their existing product stack a bit of a a price drop, even if they didn't announce anything officially, you see those prices start to fall a little bit in the retail channels. But now the suggested pricing is falling. I would love to see retails fall as well.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you said, uh, AMD certainly has something to say about that. But yes. speaking of AMD, uh, so so anyway, well, we're recapping that, I guess, know, uh, uh, we we'll, we'll, if. if uh, have we been sampled yet on any of
2: these? I haven't seen anything. No, no, nope. okay, no, so- no new, no new stuff. No, nothing since, I don't, maybe we, I don't know if we saw ninth gen at the old office or not, but right now, other than desktop ninth gen, no. So we're yeah. still waiting to see about the high-end desktop stuff.
0: So we'll see as as this stuff kind of, uh, finally gets into the market. We'll see if Intel sends us stuff. And if not, we'll, we'll see if we have to go out and just get, get some, uh, and, and, uh, and take a look and see see how their claims uh, at this new price point uh, compare to uh, both, of course, Ryzen second gen Threadripper, which is still in the market, and this upcoming third gen Threadripper, which is going to be the real the real key to all of this. Seeing where AMD brings the the specs and pricing for for that. But uh, speaking of AMD, we've got some uh, announcements from them. Uh, obviously, we know that the uh, Navi product line, the Navi generation, launched in July with the 5,700 and 5,700 XT. And uh, now it's time to bring it to more of a mainstream price category, I guess. Uh, and that's uh, what AMD did with the announcement this week of the RX 50, 55 I'm sorry, Radeon RX 5,500 and 5,500 M, the mobile variant of that. And uh, Sebastian, you wrote this up for us. Tell us uh, what AMD's yeah. bringing with this.
2: Well, we were this is another one of those things that was actually right around the same time as Intel was briefing us on new processors, AMD came calling with news to share with the media. We got to ask questions about this new RX 5,500 series that was coming out. And it's a simultaneous launch of both a desktop and a laptop part. Now I, I would say that this definitely, this announcement definitely favors like system integrators, OEM, specifically laptop makers, though there will be desktop RX 5,500 parts available, um, though they did clarify for us that they're not providing a reference design, so this nice render that we used to lead off as a featured image for the article is just that. There's no actual uh, nano-looking version of this card, unfortunately. But what we're talking about here is their mainstream push. This is a 1080p gaming card, and the specs are not staggering. We're talking about a 22-compute unit GPU for that's the both the mobile and the desktop variants of this. The the big difference between the mobile and the desktop, two things, one clock speeds, of course. And that's something that is a bit configurable, like OEMs. If, if they're building a bigger laptop or have a better thermal solution, they could clock the GPU up higher. But the desktop nominally has much higher clock speeds. Desktop can also go up to eight gigabytes of GDDR6, while the laptop will be capped at four gigabytes of GDDR6, at least for now. And the clock speeds that were announced were a game clock of 1717 megahertz for the desktop variant and 1448 for the mobile variant and a boost clock of up to 1845 for the desktop and up to 1645 for laptop. laptop. Otherwise, these are these are Navi. They are seven nanometer. They uh, I mean, I don't know why it's that important for something like this, but they are PCI Express 4.0 devices Uh, One of the things that was a little confusing, I think, when they made the announcement and that we had to get it clarified, even though the desktop variant is available with up to eight gigabytes of GDDR6 and the, the base configuration is four gigs of 128 bit GDDR6, they're actually still using 128 bit when you move up to eight gigabytes. So they're using greater memory density to get up to eight gigs without increasing the uh, interface. You would have thought they'd go to like 256 for another, like a higher end variant of this. But their, their argument is that since they're targeting 1080p gaming, they don't really need the extra bandwidth from the memory. We will, we will see Uh, obviously we have no real numbers on this. They, they, they showed us that compared to GCN graphics core next and their charts were actually referencing an RX 480. Not a 580. Uh, was about a 1.6x performance per watt increase. They say 1.7x performance per area. Of course, that that's dropping from a 14 nanometer RX 480 down to a 7 nanometer for the RX 5500. We're dealing with a smaller, much smaller die. 158 millimeters squared. The old RX 480 was 221 millimeters squared. Uh, I won't even get into some of the weirdness that uh, people on Twitter were talking about afterwards with uh, the actual system that they use to measure the performance per watt, which made no sense. And I'll just I'll just briefly say like this. This is uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily petty. It's just interesting. AMD, who is rightfully very proud of their current desktop uh, CPU lineup, especially with Ryzen 3000, the Zen 2 core is, is phenomenal. It's, it's very close to Intel in single-core performance, single-threaded performance, and obviously is just killing it as far as multi-threaded. And yet, AMD, when they release these numbers, if you look at the actual system that they use, they were using like a uh, 5,000 series Extreme Edition Intel processor, like an older system, and
0: yeah, it kind of didn't was, really uh, make it, any sense. It was like a 5960X, you know, so it has well. Yeah. On like a gener on a version of Windows that was like three updates out of out of date, and it was like they had data from the four hundred and eighty, and they they couldn't yeah. produce it for some reason, so they just brought the data forward and compared it to uh, yeah, it was it was interesting, it was bizarre. But, and and uh, trust
2: me, the temptation is always there. I really wish I could just say you know, PC perspective has been reviewing graphics cards for like 20 years now. I could just go back and you know, I could test a new graphics card on Windows Vista against this old one. Obviously you can't do that. I can't even go back and test freaking Windows 10 results from more than 6 or 7 months ago because the mm-hmm. builds are significantly different and there are certain features you can't even enable unless you have a, a certain build number or higher. When I started it's only been like 11 months, 10 months, and I was on Windows 10, 1803. That is ancient history. You can't be on 1803. You gotta be at least 1809, and now it's 1903. And of course, the next one is around the corner. I'll be forced yep. to upgrade. And it changes the results, and you have to redo all the benchmarks. So I get it. If AMD didn't want to drag a 480 out again, it was we did ask, why not a 590? How does this sit in relation to the RX 590 that's out there on the market? And each time a member of the media would ask a performance question, basically it was the same kind of canned, you know, we're really targeting 1080 performance with this launch. And we know we're really excited about the performance of this at 1080p in gaming. So the results we will, they remain to be seen. If this ends up coming out and it doesn't quite match a 590, but it hits a certain price point, consumes less power. I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of these 5500s in Notebooks, one has already been announced in MSI and then probably a lot of them in like your mainstream gaming desktop PCs as that entry level 1080p, like solid 1080p gaming card to go against the 1650 from NVIDIA, which is I think is what they were targeting with this launch specifically.
0: And Apple's got a MacBook uh, scheduled for release, I think, next Uh, month. Oh, really? Towards the end of this month. Isn't that still the rumor that there's going to be a new 16 inch MacBook Pro?
2: And it will actually have a real keyboard, I think. wasn't Weren't they going Ooh. backwards and well, they're going away from know. the butterfly back to a scissor mechanism? That's Perhaps.
0: the rumor I heard. Well,
1: that would make sense because Dell's going the opposite way and is now putting out really crap keyboards and some of their newer ones.
0: Yeah, I've been... Uh, that, that XPS 13 2-in-1 that we tested for Ice Lake, uh, I do not like that keyboard. It is frustrating.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing newer generation uh, Latitude 4800s, and it's just, oh, it's... Yeah,
0: awful. The uh, the the Ryzen based ThinkPad. I mean that with the Ryzen is irrelevant, but the, the ThinkPad keyboard was superior, far superior. <laughs> but uh, well, all right. Well, uh, uh, sticking with AMD news, we've got some more announcements uh, as we alluded to earlier. Some uh, we we saw some teases about this, and we weren't sure where these going to be. Uh, you know, retail parts or OEM parts, but it looks like AMD is out with some additional Ryzen SKUs uh, heading exclusively to the OEMs. Uh, tell us about this, Jeremy.
1: Well, it's it's nothing new. So if anyone is screaming and yelling, how dare they even start thinking about doing this? Like we, we've seen this before. So can it? Uh, <laughs> but the 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 Ryzen 93900 is the more interesting of the two in that it's... Got almost the exact same specs as the 3900X, except it's running a little bit slower um, though the base of 3.1 gigahertz and a boost of 4.3. So you lose a little bit of frequency, but it's got a TDP of 65 watts, which is just amazing for anyone looking at a low power system or a small form factor system. That that would just be amazing because otherwise you're looking at either 95 watts or 125, or is it 140?
0: Uh, for uh, uh, some of the higher end, yeah.
1: Some of the lowers are 95, and I think the others are either 125 or 140.
0: I don't think it's 140, but
1: yeah, so 125. Yeah. So that's a huge difference in the amount of power this thing is sucking in and the amount of heat it's producing. So, you know, on the one side, there are a lot of modders that would love to get their hands on this thing, but at the same time, it's great for OEM builds, uh, which, you know, generally don't have the greatest cooling going around and are stressing towards a smaller form factor. So I expect we're going to see this uh, in the, the Dells and the of the world uh, coming up on the next rege- generation refresh. The Ryzen 5 3500, X, on the other hand, is not just OEM only, it's Chinese OEM only. We, we probably won't even be seeing it for sale at all over here, uh, at, even on you know some of the, the systems, unless you're willing to go over there and get one shipped to you. Same thing, it's got a 65 watt TDP, and it drops down a little bit in the frequencies, so you got six single threaded cores, and they can run between 3.6 to 4.1 gigahertz, So definitely something for the the value-conscious person who's looking for a processor that's really not going to add much price to the system, but at the same time is going to do just about anything you want it to at that price point.
0: I bet you Blizzard can get all of those that they want. (laughs) (laughs) If we can get political for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and That's it, we're banned uh yeah well yeah. thankfully we don't uh we don't have we any don't uh, financial obligations ah, to, the, uh, to to Winnie the Pooh but
1: um until 10 cent ddos is us
0: yeah well that's, or that's
1: I mean uh, and, um...
0: yeah 10 cent yeah. um but uh, and that's and, you know get, getting into the oems uh with Ryzen, i mean it's it's this continued push because amd was so absent at any level of performance uh, prior to Ryzen... You go into the Best Buy and you you look at all the systems. And yeah, there were some AMD powered systems, and they were usually the 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 very, very low priced, very low performance systems, and, and all the all the fancy stuff, all the powerful stuff was Intel and and now seeing more and more, we seeing we're seeing them get more and more server options, we're seeing them in more and more laptops, and now seeing more and more of this OEM pre-built desktop stuff uh, is is great. Getting more choice in the market. Uh, so uh be on the lookout for that if you're looking for a pre-built, you know, way to get uh, a pretty good amount of cores and threads at a yep. low TDP, and, uh, and then tear yeah.
1: it apart to get the processor and build yourself something new. Yeah, or, I mean, uh,
0: or eBay it at that point. Yeah, send it, send it to your favorite modder. But uh sticking, continuing with AMD, I got a lot of AMD news this week. Uh, uh, we had some uh, some benchmarks over at um it was Veronix. Yeah, Veronix. Uh, they put uh, the Epic 7642 against uh, the Xeon Platinum 8280. And let me see if I can pull these up here. Oh, load. There we go. And so, you know, this is, if you, if you know, for, for Alex, uh, very detailed Linux-focused testing. Um, and I was looking through these charts earlier, and I think, you know, the results are pretty much the same as we've seen everywhere else, uh, where uh, Epic either wins outright, or where it doesn't win, you have to then look at that price tag where it's half or less of the Intel part, mm-hmm. and and you know make the call that way. So you know there are yeah there are some some situations where where it uh, where it it uh, it loses or I'm sorry where it, where it does lose the Intel. I'm looking for one of the charts here.
1: Uh, but, you won't find many.
0: Yeah, there's not many. There were a couple, but again, yeah. that price to performance uh, pretty impressive it is
1: obnoxious. Yeah, like yeah. if you could find a seventy six forty two, uh, I think the last time I saw them they were fifty three, fifty four hundred bucks. So call it between five thousand to six thousand dollars. The platinum eighty two eighty, which is similar on the face of it, if not necessarily on the inside, it will cost you more than ten thousand dollars for yeah. one. A lot of the benchmarks they were actually using paired 8280s, and they were still getting spanked.
0: Yep. And we saw that uh as well with uh sort of the Homes uh Geekbench comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, that, was, that was the that was the 70, that was the higher end epic. Um was it 7742? I can't remember the product the product number, but it, it was the mm-hmm. higher end epic against two uh it was two Intel or two epics versus 4 8200 series Intel parts. And mm-hmm. no, it was 80 81 8180s was the comparison, but still it was like $14,000 of Intel or of AMD parts versus 50 some thousand dollars of, of Intel parts and the AMD parts uh, beat it handily. So more, more proof there. Again, if you're, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. I mean, the enterprise market is a slow moving beast. There's a lot of agreements and, and, and relationships that they have to overcome uh, with suppliers and vendors, but man, man, Uh, looking it's just looking like
1: cutting your prices in half is a good idea
0: yeah it's incredible i mean the the price the the, there are still workloads sure there are still you can find a workload where an intel part beats the uh amd part but they're they're not as common and and even in even where it does beat it you're still looking at a huge price difference so uh very encouraging and there's a
1: security aspect as well because even with the newer gems not every single mitigation has been fixed yet
0: that's true. That's true. the 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 specter of your specter, uh, is hanging over you on the Intel side mostly these days. Um, uh, more, uh, more AMD news. Uh, we've got some news. Obviously, the thirty nine fifty X, which is going to be the flagship Ryzen three thousand part, that sixteen core, um, mainstream quote mainstream desktop part, uh, that was delayed from September until November. Uh, but we've got uh, some some leaks now, courtesy of Gigabyte. So they've obviously uh, got their hands on some samples already, and they accidentally published some uh, information in their overclocking guide. It looks like uh, folks over at Hexus uh, found that uh, a an image in the Geekbench guide showed the Ryzen 93950 x uh, with a 4.0 uh, 4.3 gigahertz all core boost at 1.4 volts with a peak of up to 4.7 to 4 uh, I guess it was 4.7, I'm sorry, on, on two cores uh, for, the, for the boost there. And it's hard to see this screenshot, it's, it's a little bit low resolution, but it was some CPU-Z screenshots while running Cinebench. And uh, if that turns out to be true, if, the, if they can truly hit those numbers on the, on the majority of their, their samples, uh, that's gonna position it very well Uh, You know, you're still going to look at a at a a frequency disadvantage against like the 9900K and the this upcoming 9900KS, Uh, but when you double the cores and double the threads, that uh, that disappears in most workloads pretty quickly.
2: Jeremy, did this news give you chills up and down my spine to see that kind of performance? I'm not alluding to anything in general. Nothing about a 28 core on a chiller. To hit certain clock speeds. Yeah. But, hey, I, mean, I, I wonder if AMD sanctioned this leak because, you know, there were also these rumors a couple weeks ago about, well, the reason this delay is because they're just not hitting those clock speeds. And, well, suddenly here we are getting excited about 3950X clock speeds. Well yeah. played, AMD. <laughs>
0: um, well, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the their official explanation, which does seem to make sense and, and seems to be proving true, is... They didn't want a paper launch. They didn't want to just yeah. uh, you know, officially launch that 3950X and have no stock anywhere. So this allows them, this gives them the time to ramp up production and and, and get things ready. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure it will still be very hard to find. I'm sure this will sell out uh, immediately, but at least there'll be a, oh, God, yeah. an adequate supply. Um, you won't have to fight to the death at your local micro center. But uh, I mean, maybe you still will. But
1: I mean, we don't encourage it. But if you do, can you please send us the video?
0: I was gonna
2: say, if you <laughs> if you do it, just record it. Send us the YouTube link. You don't have to send us a hard copy. You know, this is 2019. Just link us, and uh, we'd love to watch it.
0: Instead of shouting world star, I want you to shout uh, PC Pur. No, no, I'm sorry. You you should shout Josh Jack.
2: Yeah, yes, Josh Jack. That's <laughs> definitely <laughs> a Josh Jack Josh event. Josh Tech. If you're wearing a Josh Tech t-shirt and you shout Josh Tech whilst, while hitting no. a fellow customer with a graphics card. Or uh, a steering wheel. Either one. Helms in the chat has informed me that I'm wrong again. Look, Helms, just because I agree with Paul Theriot on Twitter about something, one time, doesn't mean that I'm always wrong for the rest of the time. Or maybe, maybe it does. Did. Maybe I've just always been wrong, I guess.
0: What... what uh what was the the topic that you and Paul agreed on? Uh,
2: he posted a picture of this really sweet looking kind of Mac OS Linux inspired Windows ten desktop and said this is what Windows ten should look like by now. And apparently, he uses some cocktail of utilities to tweak the appearance of Windows ten. It has a different looking start menu. It has a completely different looking mm-hmm. dock. That's it's like centered. It did not look like no. It, I don't know. It's hard. It's it just looked like a very very clean, very kind of Mac-inspired version of Windows 10, which is apparently how he has his setup. I'm thinking, you know, that would look nice, especially on a Mac running boot camp, like if the Windows kind of seamlessly had like the Mac look to it. But anyway, apparently that's not allowed.
0: Oh, well, I mean, you can, they're like, uh, is it Stardock is the company? They're, they have a number of tools that kind of let you customize the look. I mean, I've, I've okay. seen Mac-ish Wasn't that the old uh, DRM
1: spyware company? Really? <laughs> Stardock?
0: Yeah. I didn't oh, I didn't know that. Stardock? I thought no. they were. Oh, legit. it was
1: it's it's an old one.
0: Oh, okay. Google Gal
1: Civ 3 or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean they're I think they're yeah, they're one of their games is Galactic Civilizations.
1: I I love this.
2: Uh I maybe I have something. Sins of the Solar Empire. System. Oh yeah.
0: I've never I've I've bought some of their games and utilities I've never had a problem. I just they accidentally, accidentally
2: the Sony one but Oh yeah, the the rootkit. Yeah. yeah. I just accidentally, I have to say, I just accidentally uh binged it instead of googling it cuz I had Edge open for some reason and uh I just got a this site is not secure warning and it's just going to bing.com to search for, you know, StarDock so.
0: Well, nope, if I was Bing I'd be bing. insecure too. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, and I, I, let me just uh, conclude that little aside by stating that uh, the official position of PC Pur is that we love Paul Theroux; he's a sweetheart.
2: You know, he he has such a soothing voice. He sounds almost exactly like Seth MacFarlane doing Brian the Dog to me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: No, I've always yeah, I imagined
2: that. Windows Weekly. I, well, I used to listen to it, and I mean, I occasionally still do, but I'm busy but I used to listen to it and just imagine that it was Brian, the dog doing windows podcast. So that's, that's my experience with it.
0: I never made that connection, but now that you say it, I can Mm. definitely see. Yeah,
1: I can now hear it. It's
2: the the Boston thing. It's the, the, the boy, the voice Jim is the best Jim. Thank you. Helms.
1: (laughs) Whose leg do I have to to get a DLL installed?
0: Indeed.
2: Exactly. Um, In fact, there's this whole series of Family Guy memes with Brian with Paul's voice doing stuff. There's a guy who actually like syncs the audio and does these. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. A couple, you know, couple of them are Oh,
2: are... Mr. Throat. You can find these videos.
0: Yeah, a couple of those are pretty pretty good. But uh, let's finish up the news here. We've got uh, a little bit of a correction for some who may have seen the news uh and had a heart attack. Uh obviously Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is an upcoming uh, anticipated Star Wars game, and the uh, initial specs were published for it with a recommendation of a a minimum, or was it a minimum or a recommended? No,
1: that was the recommended.
0: Recommended of 32 gigs of RAM for the PC version of this game, and uh, which would be, I think, the highest recommended. I did some
1: quick Googling. I saw nothing even close to that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. No. That, that was crazy. Even
2: 16 uh, is kind of outrageous. But I, I was loving the outrageousness of the 32 gigs. This makes me sad.
0: Well, you know, you know, for, for someone like you who has all that hardware, it's like, haha. I,
2: I laugh at that. Like, you're crying about 32 gigs of RAM. You know how much RAM I have within arm's reach right now? And then I realized that I've become that entitled uh, hardware reviewer who just expects, like, memory to be coming in every day on the FedEx truck but yeah 32 is outrageous you get our cases yeah
0: but they 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 uh they corrected it it is apparently 16 as sebastian says it was only 16 gigs of ram for the recommended
2: specs it's still pretty think about all the laptop you know gamers who only have eight And now it's going to be like sorry if it's soldered in
0: yeah i mean (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry if it's soldered
2: in you got to use thunderbolt 3 ram now
0: oh man uh, the uh, the recommended GPUs are a GTX 1070 or an RX Vega 56, so that's that's fairly high as well. So you're looking yeah. at some of these older laptops. Uh, anyone who's going to have a laptop with a GPU at or above that is probably going to have the option. Like they may have, they may not have taken advantage of it at at purchase, but may have the option to get to that 16 gigs. But
1: uh, you know, well, I mean, if you're rocking the minimum. It's like a GTX 650 or an HD 7750 and 8 gigs. So that you can find a laptop capable of.
0: Yeah. And we'll Maybe see somewhere how, in between there. I mean, it remains to be seen how minimum the minimum is, you know. Well, that, 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 uh, yeah, that's an objective you, experience.
2: Can you run this on a 32-bit operating system? That's going to be the ultimate test. Because, you know, that can't even address more than 4 gigs of total memory, including the, the GPU. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna guess not. Guess. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna. Rely I, I just wanted this. So.
2: Oh, that's gonna take up like eight gigs on its own.
0: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why. On. That's why it's 16
2: gigs. They did some internal testing. They said, okay, if we just, you know, give them the game on a DVD, then it would actually run just fine on eight gigs. But because of Origin in the background, plus Windows 10, uh. You know, Cortana alone is probably taking up about a gig about of your memory. That's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any Chrome tabs open at all in the background, there's another two or three gigs gone. Oh, so
1: you should, your system should have thirty-two gigs of RAM so that you can scrape sixteen for the game. Exactly. So I, I'm PC Perspective's official stance on uh,
2: this new game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, is that you need thirty-two gigabytes
1: of RAM if you're running Windows ten. If you're running Windows Seven, I'd <laughs> say you need that if you're going to run Excel on Windows Ten, let alone a game. Well, you and then Red Dead Redemption didn't want to be outdone.
0: Well, that's so rdr two. Cool. Yeah,
1: 150 gigs local install. Wow. Well, what what was GTA Five? Not 5? counting
0: that was close to 100. High, was like Eighty. It was plus. close to 100. Yeah.
1: yeah. Battlefield well, after that giant HDR th- or not HDR but high textures up to 70 or 80 but 150
0: well go out and get yourself uh, one of those like one terabyte qlc drives for a 100 and something bucks and there you go you can have five red dead installs going for your mods (laughs) which actually probably limit because they want to make money off microtransactions
1: yes
2: you know we we sound we sound old jim because think about it like it wasn't that long ago that a 270 megabyte hard drive was kind of a big deal to have in your PC. Mm-hmm. And now we're complaining because a game takes 150 gigabytes. You know, why don't you have 20 terabytes of storage in your computer? Why not? It's available. In fact, yeah. you could buy two 10 terabyte drives right now and raid them, which I don't know why you'd ever want to do that, but do a, do a raid o cause you can raid zero and then have a 20 terabyte boot drive. Uh, and those drives aren't even actually that slow. I think you get to the point where some of these really dense drives in just straight line speeds are probably faster than one of those QLC and VME drives.
0: But, uh, certainly yeah. once you've exceeded the cache. Yeah, On a, single, a yeah. single hard drive one, it will, will go faster than a QLC beyond its cache. But anyway, if you want to play some of these games, <laughs> here's a graphics <laughs> card you might want to consider. It's a, oh, it's okay, he's set. been wait- How long have you been waiting? To to <laughs> use
2: that segue, uh, I had forgot had... I even wrote any reviews. Like, yeah. oh what? Oh yeah, a graphics card. I did. that. I've had
0: the tab queued up here. It's the <laughs> MSI GeForce RTX 2070 Super Gaming X Trio. I believe I have. Yes. Uh, w- 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 when we when we descended on the old office like scavengers, I think I took the 2080 version of this. But
2: this. So is you know all about this monster. Version.
0: Uh, yeah, and it's it, performed pretty well for me. At least the 2080 variant. Uh, how's yeah. this 2070? No, and, and, and this is t- regular 2080, not 2080 Super. So how's this Super super Duper version?
2: Uh, I can't remember how this performed versus the twenty. It's slightly... It's, if you're just talking about performance out of the box, it's slightly above the performance of the 2070 Super Founders Edition. It is a a little bit cooler and... When you look at it, there's kind of a couple things going on here. One, you have a giant, heavy, heat sink, triple fan, uh, unique fan blade design. You have a couple of of uh, different types of blades that are kind of uh, it's like alternate blades so to create additional static pressure, and they've kind of optimized it for low noise. They have a very, very uh, what I I'm, words are failing me right now. The the fan profile. Is very conservative. I mean, I I was recording uh, fan speeds during benchmarks, and I I had that data from GPU-Z. If I go to the test results here, I was getting anywhere from 1,128, I maxed out at 1,274 RPM. That is not high for a GPU to be at around the 1,200 RPM average. This thing was extremely quiet. So yes, out of the box, there's a very small overclock. I think it's only about 30 megahertz. You could certainly overclock this higher. You could certainly get better thermals out of it. The way they've tailored this out of the box uh, is for extremely low noise. And 32.3 dBA is what I got for my SPL meter, the same one I've been using for the last couple of years. I positioned the meter, by the way, one foot away from the graphics card on this open test bench right here. I have it on a tripod. So directly facing all three fans from 12 inches away, it was still only giving me 32.3 dBA. It was almost inaudible. And it, you actually won't hear it over most CPU fans under load unless you tweak the fan profile yourself. So just for that alone, it's ultra quiet performance and within one degree of a Founders Edition under the same loads i thought was tremendous i used this card actually in the last case review i did which was the fractal design vector case and it has a passive like a zero rpm idle but the way the heatsink is designed air flows through it quite well just from case fans i saw a reduction of about 10 degrees in the case this on the test bench it was idling at like 38c and then it was down in the low 30s inside the case so Uh, I I was very impressed with this overall. I mean, the only issue I have with it is the price, but I kind of understand the price. It's $70 more than the base $499 price, the theoretical price of a 2070 Founders Edition, the Super Founders Edition, which you know if you can find that on NVIDIA.com when I was looking, it was still out of stock. But if you can find one out there for $500, you're going to get within a percentage or two of the performance of this. So you're not really getting a lot out of the box as far as just frames per second with this. So you're buying this for its kind of crazy overbuilt twin or triple frozer design. It's the the Torx fans are really, really quiet. It's the quietest graphics card I've tested so far. Still performs well, still has good thermals, but you're paying for it. And I didn't get into the RGB stuff very much in the review. There's one picture in there that kind of shows it in all of its RGB-ness. But you can synchronize this with your, your other RGB components. I could have had this the same like purple color scheme the motherboard was set to. So you're paying a little bit extra from multi-zone addressable RGBs, of course. And you're also getting a card that... like They kind of went all out with this. I didn't have a picture of it in the review. I should have. But it comes with a metal bracket. One of those brackets you can buy separately for like 10 to $20 that helps prevent sag because this thing is long and it's very heavy. So that's, it that was kind of a nice add in. So adding it all up $70 more for ultra, ultra quiet performance, the capability of being overclocked. And I didn't obviously get into overclocking results in the review, but it's, it's an impressive card. Like Jim was saying, like they've been doing this for a little while now. This is their return to that triple fan design and, it's, it's kind of amazing what you can do with a graphics card like this, like a GPU, like the 2070 Super. If you put three big, very slow spinning fans on a big heatsink, it's like those old third party, the like Arctic cooling. I used to have uh, two HD 5870s back in the day in my system, and I had put the Arctic triple fan coolers on them to, because I couldn't stand the blower noise and that's kind of like that's that's the sound profile of these just a little bit of air noise and it's kind of fantastic but 570 is the asking price still gave it the gold award i probably would have gotten another choice if it was like 529 you were getting all of this but i think they've made a fairly good case for the additional price i don't know if you guys find that you know if, if the value is there or not but I couldn't find it for less than like 570 on the market. So
0: One thing I'll, I'll point out, assuming that this is the exact same dimensions as the uh, 2080 I have, which it appears to be, it's 328 millimeters long. And if you'll notice on this picture at the very right end, there's a little bit of a point where it kind of just points out uh, at an angle there. And it's in both the, NZXT S340 and the Fractal, I think it's the R5 I have, Define R5. If you have a all-in-one, like a 240 or 280-millimeter radiator cooler for your, uh, your CPU, and you mount it in the front, which is where I typically mount mine in cases like those, it's too long. And that little point just sticks in and just hits the radiator, and it just doesn't allow it to seat properly. So your options are, it's just plastic. It's not... You know, you could you, you could just file get it a down. a file out. Yeah, you could file it down. It's you know probably a couple centimeters, cut it off. Although that might, if you remove it entirely, it might affect the uh, the, uh, the the structure of that that third fan there. But just you know, keep in mind it's 328 millimeters long. Make sure you you take measurements because it's one of the biggest uh, cards that uh, I had used. Uh, one of the longest.
2: Hey, MSI is the company that brought us the Lightning cards. Remember, so yeah, they're 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 kind of proud of their giant cards. And of course, I it's it's taller too. So there are certain cases where you just don't have the clearance between like the top of the expansion slots and like the case side panel or tempered glass panel. So you got to have a good inch and a quarter or so above the actual retention bracket with this as well. And a lot of that is shroud, like like Jim's saying. And yeah, that that back piece does definitely come to a point. If I get my hair out of the way here, so you can see it. So yeah, just break it off. Who cares? Break it off.
0: Uh, I guess so. Uh, but don't even uh, have to
1: remove it from the case.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. or if if you jam it in hard enough, it'll break off. Look, you get
1: up. You
2: get a butter knife and you just go to town on it, and eventually, you will either injure yourself badly. Completely break the card. Don't do this while the computer is running. It's another another tip. Oh. And also, yeah. I figured the would make it easier to file. Yeah. And I absolve myself of any liability whatsoever. It is Jim's operation. Jim would be liable if you hurt yourself in that instance.
0: And today, kids, we're going to talk about what judgment proof means. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) let's... Let's finish up with the second uh, uh, review here. It's another one from Sebastian. It's a uh, a Thunderbolt three dock from StarTech. Obviously, StarTech is uh, known. You know, they're, they're, they've got a product for everything it seems, and generally yeah. on the cheaper end of the the pricing spectrum. And and this one is is their dual four K sixty power. Is that the official name?
2: No, I, I added that. That's my like power word for the title. Okay, but. It's actually, it just rolls off the tongue. It's the TB3CDK2DP. Oh. And this is actually the 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 full name of this product, if I can find it here, is the Thunderbolt 3 dock with USB-C laptop compatibility. So, I actually found it easier to go by the part number than that entire huge name. So I used the part number quite a bit in the review, but Here's what's interesting about it. And Jim, I'll have to, you know, we'll bounce some ideas off you here as far as like, okay, look at the value proposition of this. You're a Mac user. Imagine uh, you have a MacBook Pro. Uh, By the way, I never even asked you what became of that MacBook Pro. We'll get into that in the after show. But you have a MacBook Pro or some other, like, small laptop like this one here that primarily just has USB Type-C. Now, this is an exceptional... Thin and light, for one very special reason, it actually has a USB type A port on it, which you may or may not be able to see right now. That is, this is like a unicorn, a, a 2019 thin and light laptop with a USB type A port on it. But the other side is just two type Cs and that's it. You have to use one of them for charging. So, I mean, you get a laptop like this, or you get a MacBook that has literally like two USB type Cs on the side and that's it. And... A dock becomes more than just a, a convenience; it becomes a necessity because then you you actually have real I/O again. And I, I joked at some point in this review, I'm like, you know, someday I will tell my grandchildren stories, and they will roll their eyes because Grandpa's at it again about the days when I had a laptop computer that had a full-sized HDMI on the side of it, and it's like, what are you what are you talking about? Everything's wireless now. But anyway. Uh, this one, instead of HDMI, and there's plenty of docks out there, like like that, the, the Elgato mini dock that we we kind of played around with here, has like a display port and an HDMI, and that can do two simultaneous if you're using Thunderbolt. This is both a USB-C dock and a Thunderbolt dock. If you plug it into a Thunderbolt-capable laptop, like the one that I'm using, this is the one I used to test it, it pops up with a dialog, asks you if you want to allow this Thunderbolt device, and then... It's like ultra performance mode is enabled where it will absolutely simultaneously output two four k sixty display port uh feeds so you can have dual monitor set up and it has very good transfer speeds i tested um just like I don't have any thunderbolt drives specifically I have like gen two u s b three point one stuff ten gigabit per second stuff. The transfer speeds were very close to what I would get just natively plugging into the side of the laptop. I mean, we're talking the difference between 950 megabytes per second and 930 with the same drive. So there seems to be a bit of overhead. I, I know. it's There's overhead. It's kind of cool, though, actually. StarTech, huh. their specifications get really, really like granular. And they have every different chip. I, was, I, I had to send it back, so I didn't want to tear it apart because it looked like the bottom which is like a nice rubber material to keep it from sliding around. That was kind of glued on. and have to peel that back to get to the screws. But they they have a list of all the chips that are in it. It's got a Titan Ridge chipset that's the Thunderbolt, Cypress CCG5C, a Realtek RTL8153. And it goes through all of it, like what the C-Media chip is for audio. So it gives you dual display port out up to 60 hertz if you're on Thunderbolt. Absolutely not. If you are on USB C at that point, the only way to get dual monitor I think would be to 1920 by uh, 1200 max or 130 hertz 4K monitor. So it, to get the most out of this is Thunderbolt 3. But Jim, what I started to ask earlier, the, the list price of this is $337.99, which is high. And I Ooh. look at like Mac, like OWC sells a similar dock for 299 actual street price if you go to amazon and they're like official amazon page 243 so now it's okay. right in the middle of those two to three hundred dollar thunderbolt 3 docks i felt like pricing was good like it seems like a lot of money but if you actually go out and look at thunderbolt 3 with dual 60 hertz output capability and similar connectivity to this that's it's not a bad price i think it 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 makes that OWC dock look kind of expensive in comparison. Obviously, the list price of the StarTech is higher than the the OWC dock, but I mean, just for Mac users alone, looking around at something to expand a MacBook or one of like a Mac Mini or something like this is not a yeah. bad deal.
0: No, I mean that's that, that the pricing. I mean, I don't want to say it's. Um... It's good because all of this stuff is way too expensive, but it's it's in line with its competitors. Uh, the, uh, I think the for this one having that USB C and and Thunderbolt three option is is something I re- I don't think I've seen that before. There's USB C docks that, and there's Thunderbolt yeah, 3 docks.
2: right. That was the the I won't say the gimmick, but their their spiel about this. Their actual pull quote is for the first time. So they're saying this is a first. There's a plug-and-play Thunderbolt 3 docking station that intelligently adapts your Thunderbolt 3 or USB-C laptop. So it has, like, its own in- internal mode that it goes into, depending on what it's connected to. So that is a little bit unusual. There there are Thunderbolt 3 solutions out there that are not USB-C compatible, for sure, and then vice versa. So,
0: Yeah, and I haven't tested a Thunderbolt 3 dock pretty much this year, but tested a lot of them, Thunderbolt 3 and prior generations, and I don't think I ever saw one that was both. So that is yeah. that is a good feature. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd probably, I think, uh, and again, I haven't looked at the pricing in a while, CalDigit has a dock that is really good, really solid at about 199 I think, and it can mm-hmm. do dual 4K60, and I don't recall exactly the port selection on, like, usb and stuff but it uh you know it, it, i reviewed it a couple years ago and it was it was good so that there's options out there the, the key with these yeah. are um not all of them are reliable uh a lot of companies especially in their first gen products uh like there were just quirks where it would disconnect a, a port or not charge or, or whatever and, and so uh uh, as long as you know, you, it seemed like you had a good experience with this uh, and your and your usage of it. So, you know, that's a, that's a good sign. But uh, yeah, the, the pricing seems right on at, at its street price of about two.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's where I thought. So just looking around, that two hundred dollar mark seems to be kind of the baseline for stuff like this. And you know, they 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 have very good support from what I've been able to tell. I've never actually had to use StarTech support for anything. I've bought their stuff before. I was actually looking around. On their website, just to see, do they still sell like internal PC speakers and stuff anymore? And they don't. They, they, you can buy a, a socket A, heatsink and cooler for your Thunderbird, you know, Athlon 1200, brand new today, but you cannot buy a PC speaker, unfortunately. They have, some of the really, really old legacy stuff is is finally gone, and they're moving in this direction, like a lot of the more modern accessories like this. But wouldn't just a two-inch tweeter work? Dare you? It doesn't have the bass. Look, if you're playing <laughs> well, internal PC speaker games, you want that full bodied PC speaker sound. Uh, yeah, you can put yes. a beeper on the board, but that's obnoxious. And you, you want at least, I would say, a two to three inch driver in there. Uh, you know, for that for all the bass you get from a three inch paper cone driver screwed to the inside of a metal case. Well,
1: screw it very loosely to the inside of the case. Yeah, then you get that like trunk rattle effect. Yes, pretend it's just because of the heavy Face rattle. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Well, so uh, you know, that's if you're if you're looking for something like this, and I am not because to answer Sebastian's initial question, I still don't have any Macs working at the moment. Uh,
2: really, they, the MacBook they, Pro fifteen is still not working.
0: They they took it in. They looked at it. Uh, they said that it was because it was out of warranty by about a month. And they said, "Well, I can't authorize it, but we could send it to our depot and see what they say." And I didn't want to give it up; I, I wasn't ready. So I just I said, "Never mind." I I mean,
2: why, why would you give up a dead MacBook? I mean, and why would you?
0: Well, I I still I still had data on there that I was trying to recover oh, with I Target see. Disk Mode, and yeah. So I just I I came home and and haven't had a chance to look at any other options yet. So I'm still, I've just been. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, I'm sorry to laugh at your plight, but you know it's not funny.
0: I, I, it, this has forced me to go all Windows with my media stuff. I use Windows as like my day to day, but I always did all the video editing on on Final Cut, and I've been doing Premiere the last couple of weeks and got the hang of it, and and it's it's working. So um, hey, right. and uh, and yes, uh, North Ranger in the uh, Discord chat has uh, yep. has been recommended to me by many people. I need to contact Louis Rossman <laughs> The uh, the amazing rep- New York City based uh, repair guy who regularly shames Apple and uh, yes. and I, I probably
2: hey, uh, he does something to Apple that starts with an S, uh, but S H uh, but yes.
0: But uh, I will I probably will do that. I just haven't uh, had a time. I'm, I'm I'm gonna give Apple another chance to fix it, but when I have time to deal with it and see if they'll do it for free. And if they won't, then I'll go talk to Lewis and see if he can uh, yeah. he can uh, I can send it to him or something. But uh, yeah, there's a
2: you know what there's a there's a ThinkPad for you, Jim. I think if you examine (laughs) Lenovo's product offerings, you'll find that whether it's an IdeaPad, a ThinkPad, you know they have a wide selection. And we are not sponsored by them,
0: unfortunately, uh, yet. Yet, yeah. If you're watching uh...
2: Lenovo. The t490s you know what you guys you knocked it out of the park The t 490s I got to write that review up
0: I, I will say I, I would switch except I still have yet to find a PC laptop with a trackpad that is as good as the MacBook for all uh,
2: may I introduce you may I introduce you to the nub
0: no I I can use I don't want the nub I want a trackpad I can use I do want the I use the nub everyone loves the its, nub it's got its uses but I, when it comes to that trackpad, of all of Apple's idiotic hardware decisions, the one thing that they've gotten right that for whatever reason no other PC company can get right is that trackpad. It just doesn't you know why? feel the same. You know,
2: it doesn't, wait, it doesn't feel the same on another device? Or are you saying that Apple's current trackpads? A- Apple's I feel like track the trackpads pads. have just, Apple's trackpads have just gotten better, it seems, any ones that I've used, because they keep on getting bigger. They're basically yeah. just iPhone screens embedded into the macbook so the the capacitive touch the 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 touch points the accuracy the acceleration all of that stuff with a macbook trackpad that i've used is absolutely the best in the industry it's when you get into their obsession with making the keyboard as unreliable and shitty as possible that then i kind of i just can't go down the macbook road because I can't stand the idea of I push down on like the H key one day and it doesn't come back up. And then like, then the E key stops working and just, I don't want to deal with that. Plus it's just too, it's too integrated now. And of course this is another one of those, like, you know, I'm just showing my age here, but I, I can't, I can't stand the idea that if, if the logic board has an issue, that's the CPU, that's the memory. That's like 90% of the cost right there. Uh, well, aside,
0: then, aside from the memory, only, and, and that again is only on select computers, any modern PC laptop is going to be the same. It's, it's an all it's all an SOC on one board. We uh, generally soldered. I mean, yeah, I
2: mean, for the thin and light stuff, yes. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm, when I'm, you go to the lower power DDR3, like LPDDRC stuff, like it, or yeah, I mean, it. you have to go to a gaming laptop to get this, like actual SODIMs, and I get that. That's, not an option with any Mac laptop. Even if you buy like a desktop replacement style MacBook Pro 15 inch, you're still getting soldered memory. You're still and, getting their their proprietary connector for a PCI Express storage solution. Yeah. You can't just put your own M.2 drive in there. So,
0: no, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like the options are vastly superior on the the PC side. It's it's just I, and and that's if this doesn't go well and I end up having to pay a lot of money for this MacBook or, or I'm asked to pay a lot of money i may just give it up entirely but that 16 inch
2: once you see that shiny new 16 inch (laughs) macbook pro jim you're Mm. gonna start to feel those feelings again and i don't know i just i guess i don't get up for apple products quite the same way without steve on the stage uh you know convincing me that i need it the reality distortion field has been broken
0: yeah they really they never should have gotten rid of scott forestall because...
2: That's true. I mean, he was the heir apparent. He would he, have been out there just selling it.
0: Now, now the difference was, you're, you're just as captivated by Scott, but you, you were scared to death. Like, he scared the crap out of you. Like, oh my God, I better give him my wallet. I'm terrified of this man.
2: Very big eyes. Like, mm-hmm. he would open them so wide when he was talking. Like, he was yeah. looking into the back of your soul.
0: Speaking of being terrified, uh, I know you guys talked last week about it, but Panos Panay, Microsoft's Surface uh, leader and keynote giver... Mm-hmm. He is—he gives me the willies. I mean, it just he, his style is very—I um, don't know—I don't know how to describe it. But the, like the, the, the way the, the way he will pause and focus on words and slow his speech and then stare at you in the audience, and it's like, okay, <laughs> he's really passionate about this stuff. But it's an experience. If you haven't watched the Panos uh, keynote, go look it up, because it's crazy. But All right, let's jump into the picks of the week. Uh, Sebastian, do you have one that I see you add no, on there? I no, did, I, okay. didn't,
2: I didn't come up with one. I could grab something stupid, but I, I'll spare everybody. Well, <laughs> right. as is tradition. Um, yeah, well,
0: hey, we'll see what I come up with. All right, so I'll start. Uh, this is less of a specific product you can buy, but something cool I saw that you could recreate if you were so inclined, and this was something posted over at the Star Trek subreddit, and it's a custom Star Trek keyboard. Uh so you see you've got uh you know 10 forward <laughs> on the spacebar, the engage, enter key is engage, shift is shields, um looks like it would be your Windows keys like a deep space nine thing, the alt keys, the Federation symbol, uh Vulcan, Vulcan uh salute on the uh control key there.
1: Where's the log button? Yeah. Yeah. How uh, can it not have a log button?
0: <laughs> there you go. There's a couple things like make it so is missing but uh, the the, uh, the guy who posted this he said that the way he got this done was he used a uh, a site called if I can oops didn't mean to zoom in there nope wrong way there we go it's a the wasSD keyboards.com w a s d keyboards and so they, they sell keyboard mechanical keyboards but their their distinguishing factor is you can send them that they'll sell you a blank set of keycaps and then you send them some uh, vector graphics and they'll print them on the keycaps for you and they'll customize you. you can get, you know, hardwood hand rests and braided cables and all different styles so if you wanted to recreate the Star Wars key or Star Trek keyboard, or if you wanted to do Star Wars or Harry Potter or um, something worshipping the Chinese government, you can you can do that, you can go and, and find uh, and, and create whatever kind of thing you want, so WASD keyboards and then of course I'll have that link to the custom star trek keyboard if you want to take a crack at recreating that all right uh jeremy what do you got for us
1: well oddly enough i mean the 3800 x's have not only been remaining in stock in canada we're getting discounts on the bloody things now uh it's you know it's not a huge discount but 490 bucks for a 3800 x with the fancy cooler is just not bad But if you can accept, you know, that maybe you can't afford the next generation, newest thing, the price on one of our old favorites, the 2700 non X is beautiful. It's $220. Yeah. It's not the newest thing on the market, but at that price, buy a fancy motherboard, buy that, and then pick up a third generation Ryzen later on when you can afford it, they're just really good deals.
0: Or I might even say, considering the somewhat shaky nature of X five seventy right now with all these BIOS updates, mm. get yourself that Ryzen three thousand now. Put it on your X four seventy board, and then you can get to you know if they when things settle and, and get a little more solid on X five seventy, you go out and you pick that up. Uh, get your PCI four goodness there.
2: But I'm a proponent of Ryzen three thousand on X four seventy. I'm a big fan. No. Yeah. It just works. TM. Did you, you know buy i for us? my I did. Uh I found this website um uh, about I don't know, eighteen years ago, called eBay.com. And yeah. one of the things you could do on eBay is uh search the world for stuff that no one in their right mind would ever buy or keep if they did buy it. And uh, one of the things I've done in the last few months that I've just never had time to work on. I don't know if you're if you remember, I took a week off a week or two ago and, you know, my kid got sick. I didn't get to do that many fun things. We had to cancel some of our plans. But um, I did take a few minutes of my time to install the CMS chips in my Sound Blaster 2.0 card. Now, there's a seller in, I think, Poland. And they took forever to arrive who sells just the chips that you need to populate the empty spaces in a sound blaster 2.0 card with the original chips that give you the CMS audio, which is in certain old classic games. And CMS was the creative music system. And, you know, a sane person who for some reason is interested in this could go on YouTube and just listen to CMS versus sound blaster versus uh, adlib audio but now I can just do it myself if I ever get around to putting this in a PC and seeing if the chips actually worked. So, is that an that's, NASA, just, it is, yeah, it's a Sound Blaster Good. 2.0. So, this is eight, this is a, the 8 bit like version, it's not the Sound Blaster 16. So, I mean, it doesn't do stereo, doesn't do your fancy stereo audio, but you know, it does what it needs to do. It's got a real OPL chip in it. And it has beautiful FM synthesis, pretty much exactly the same as an AdLib card, which are unbelievably expensive. However, there are very good uh, replica AdLibs you can buy, for starting around $75 now. You know, the, the list just goes on. Like, you could buy yourself on this eBay site. You could buy yourself an Intel uh, OverDrive kit. Now, I have more than one, of course. But this particular one, and this just has a couple of things in it, but this tool right here, this is impossible to find on its own it looks like a lice comb and i'm sure intel would appreciate me saying that this is a chip puller specifically for intel cpus of the time and if you if you remember or if you even know this you couldn't always just use a zero insertion force socket you actually Mm -hmm. had to use quite a bit of force to get your cpu down into the socket and then getting it out was a nightmare Uh, you try to pry it up from one side and you bend the pens on the other side. So this thing just lets you kind of like ease it up on one side, ease it up on the other side, pop it out of there and you can take your like 486SX out of your system throw in a DX4100 you know, if your system supports it. So just stuff like that. I mean check out ebay.com, not a sponsor uh,
1: to buy stuff like You don't break a bonsai fork and get yelled at. Yeah. These little bonsai rakes were also about the right size. I will admit,
2: though it will probably ruin any credibility I may actually have left, that I've used a flathead screwdriver before to pull All chips. Right. So I mean I kind of put it in and twisted it slightly to get the chip to rise, and I did bend the pens on the other side of it. So
0: what a shell.
2: Sorry. Seamless. All right. Well Intel Intel did not provide the CPU <laughs> removal kit. I had to buy it myself on eBay.
0: Actually, related to that, I think I heard Intel's removing a bunch of old BIOS and support drivers. Uh, they may have actually actually already happened, but like from, from that era, there was a bunch of stuff still archived on their website that was removed recently or is about to be removed. So uh, if I can find a reference to that, I'll put a link in the show notes, and then if you've got That's that old stuff go and archive it Uh, i'm sure it is or i would hope it is available elsewhere that all this stuff has been mirrored at some point but um you know
2: maybe it's still on their ftp and it's just not on their site anymore it saddens me when companies do this like uh hp finally took down all the compact stuff that people have been linking to in forums forever (laughs) (laughs) so now it's like oh yeah you need the soft pack number 6847 and that includes the BIOS for your system because, of course, on many of these compact uh, desktops, there is no actual BIOS resident on the board. You, or, I mean, there's a basic, uh, you know, there's enough to get the board running, but there's no way to interface with it. So you actually have to have a hidden partition on your C drive somewhere mm-hmm. that can access all of the setup functions or have rescue floppies, which were all part of like a specific soft pack that was related to your Desktop model, and I've tried to, I mean, in the years past, I would try to work on a system and, like, why can't I answer the setup? I'm hitting F10. That's the compact button for setup. What's going on here? Oh, I changed the hard drive. The hidden partition's gone. The soft pack is no longer available for that. I don't have the restore CD for this system. I'm screwed. So, you know, please, companies. It's, are hard drives that expensive? The entire library of drivers from, like, the 1990s would fit onto one. Like two terabyte hard drive probably, but
0: uh, well, it's it's it data sixteen,
1: so it'd have a lot of problems.
2: Uh, I think that's true. How how dare you? <laughs> Did you say hoarder, Jim? And, and like, hoarder. holding
1: da- oh data hoarder
2: hoarder. It's yeah, up to the data I actually...
0: hoarders.
1: Yeah, we won't even go into next. You'll tell me I can't fix this Toshiba satellite.
2: Uh, You know, there are certain Toshiba satellites that are very desirable for retro gaming, Jeremy. It depends on the mix, you know, whether or not it had an integrated sound card, what the default resolution of the screen is, whether it's active matrix or passive matrix, LCD.
0: So, Well, one of these days we'll get PC Per Retro going, uh, as we've threatened to do numerous times. PC Per
2: Retro, a.k.a. PC Per Rewind. I've been amassing a collection of stuff (laughs) and we could just slowly pan across it and that would be episode one.
0: Yep. Of course, we got to get that retro wave music for the background. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, that's the show, folks. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Again, we do these Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 a.m. UTC. And uh, you can join us at pcpro.com slash live where we have the embedded YouTube video and chat. Uh, or you can head on over to uh, pcpro.com slash subscribe so you know when we go live. And of course, uh, in our show notes, every every uh, show note has a link to our Discord server. So if you're on Discord, uh, please feel free to join us there. We've got a good community going there. Uh, I'm learning how to use it, how to set up channels and uh, and uh, certain features. So, so uh, come on over and watch me struggle. It'll be fun. But uh, we're so glad you could join us. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.